0: Speak the charm of me. There will come a time on the planet Earth when science and
1: technology will be long forgotten, when wizards will rule the world. This wizards wizards wizards.
0: Wizards be... is the Arnomancy podcast. The world is weirder than we know. Join your host, Reverend Derek, in his diverse array of amazing guests in an exploration of tarot, magic, the occult and the history of Western esotericism. The Arnamancy Podcast exists thanks to the support of generous listeners like you. Please consider supporting this podcast for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash Arnomancy. Welcome back to the Arnamancy Podcast. This is the second part of the episode we have all been waiting for. Part two of the 2022 Year Ahead Forecast. I am your host and the moderator, Reverend Eric, and I am joined by my two amazing friends, Cartomancer Susan Chang, T. Susan Chang, and astrologer Andrew B. Watt. Uh, If you want more info on what we're doing, I would advise you to go back and listen to part one of the forecast. And now we're going to get into some introductions. Susie, would you like to introduce yourself, Sure.
1: I am T. Susan Chang, but my friends call me Susie, and all of you are now my friends. (laughs) I I read tarot. I write about tarot. I teach tarot. I talk about tarot. I live and breathe tarot, basically. My website is www.tsusanchang.com, and I also have an Etsy shop where you can buy my products, which are... Zodiacal perfumes, including custom astrological perfumes based on your big three, and also lots and lots of tarot cases and talismans. I think that's... Oh, and the, uh, the, the URL for that is um, www.etsy.com slash shop slash tarotista.
0: Excellent. And Andrew, how
2: about you? Who the heck are you? <laughs> I first want to express... Admiration for Susie for getting a basic word like Tarotista <laughs> as her shop name. That was brilliant. Yeah, it is. Surprising, I have a shop. Right? <laughs> I, have a, I have an Etsy shop which is called Water Mountain Studio, and that's a mouthful <laughs> to say and a mouthful to type. But memorable. But memorable. My website is andrewbwatt.com. I think this is the third time that we've done the, the year ahead forecast episode for the Arnomancy. And I have also been on a couple of times for other things like sewing and magic, which should definitely be another Susie, Andrew and Eric <laughs> yes. episode in the near future.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're sitting here watching Susie crochet <laughs> you or crochet, knit something.
1: Yeah, crochet snowflakes.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, right. Crocheting snowflakes. Right, because it's not like we're not going to have enough snow in New England. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, but Susie's crocheted snowflakes keep you warm.
1: <laughs> they keep your idle hands busy is the idea. How <laughs> <Yeah, they're...
2: laughs> have, have very New England Puritan yes. of you. <laughs> so
0: all three of us are running a special, a sale on Divination Services, um, up through the last day of Twelfth Night, which is January 5th, you can use the code Big Astro 22 to get 20% off any of our divination services. You can find links to those services on our respective websites, uh, and there also will be links in the show notes to those services. And the code Big Astro shouldn't make you believe that you're going to get astrological readings from all of us. Susie and I are offering tarot readings. Andrew is offering astrology and geomancy. And uh, he's the one who picked the code. Um, so that's why it's sort of,
2: you know.
1: Right. It's- and even but though he picked
2: you- <laughs> next year's code and it's brilliant.
1: <laughs> and just because the code is big astro doesn't mean that any of you or any of us have a big ass.
0: <laughs> I mean, no promises. There might be some big asses here.
1: It's radio. Live in, live in fantasy. <laughs>
0: We've all got asses for radio, that's for sure. <laughs> okay. Now, in the first half of this, uh, we we sort of set up all of the rules. Uh, Andrew went over the the solar return chart for the year. Uh, Susie drew the card of the year, which is strength. But if you want to hear more about that, listen to the first part of this uh, forecast. Uh, and we covered January through June, and. It it did feel, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording again. It did feel a little pessimistic, like we didn't necessarily end on an upbeat note. But so, you know, we have a lot of, I've got a lot of hopes for this next uh, part, you know, the 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 chart for July, which I'm looking at, and we haven't Andrea hasn't started talking about yet, is much more exciting. There are planets all over the place, and we've got like some (laughs) great looking angles and
2: things, which it's (laughs)
0: geometrically more interesting to look at.
2: It's definitely more geometrically interesting to
1: look at, or is it good? Good.
2: (laughs) Well, that's an excellent question. Uh, the The chart is the sun at ten degrees of Cancer. Uh forty four minutes second of July twenty twenty two at eleven fourteen AM Eastern Daylight Time for a location over western Massachusetts. Susie and I live within not exactly within spitting distance <laughs> of the uh of the Connecticut River running through Springfield, Massachusetts, but
1: close enough.
2: This is the meridian of Springfield, Massachusetts. Which, as we all know, is the center of the universe. <laughs> I've uh, I've heard
0: that it's a it's a mob town, so that's it's really big on organized crime there in Springfield. Is
2: <laughs> yes, where we we live in a part of the of the country which is called the Happy Valley uh, mm-hmm. in that's Western right. Massachusetts. <laughs> But the towns where we live are called behind the tofu curtain, yes, that's <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Which just tells you. <laughs> so tell us about
0: the chart, Andrew. Tell us about the chart. Is it, It's good, isn't it? It's good. I can tell. Well,
2: a, as we said in the first episode, Venus is the queen of the year. Saturn is the prime minister, and the monthly governor for this chart is Mercury. And you can hear about how we select those in sort of the first 20 minutes of, of part one. In this particular case, Venus is now in Gemini. She is not quite in her own term, so technically she's Peregrine, but she's not all that far away from being in a place where she helps everyone get together right now. So this is looking favorable for U.S. residents to have a really nice 4th of July, 5th of July, that that sort of period around our big holiday. France may have similar conditions before Bastille Day on July 14th. I, I think this is very good. At the same time, that that level of peregrineness suggests that there's going to be a fair bit of bosses, managers, supervisors, anyone with some sort of supervisory responsibility trying to figure out how to get the economy. Up and running again, especially after all these months of it not running, and being divided on how to do that. So, partial successes, partial failures, partial divinity because of the Gemini, but also partial mortality because it's Gemini. That's mm-hmm. sort of the way that it mm-hmm. works. Venus wants to have everything, all the ways that it's possible to have it, and and some things are just going to fall apart because of that.
0: Yeah, I could see. Uh, you know. July is a tough time to get the economy running again because everybody wants to go on vacation.
1: Right.
2: Right. In our last chart, we saw some very favorable things for the working classes in the 6th house. We had a a pile up of planets in Taurus there, and in this chart, we had just have Saturn there. And that suggests that some of the some of the ways that they may have pushed to represent themselves and and gain ground in the current economy may also be facing some kind of pushback uh, and limitation from Saturn. Mercury is in Gemini, and that, again, is the 10th house in this chart. Mercury is just a little bit to the left of the midheaven, suggesting a prominence for expertise and a prominence for talking heads and pundits who seem to know what they're talking about. (laughs) So... I think that in July we are likely to see fewer elected leaders and more uh, senior experts up on stage explaining why a specific set of actions is being taken. And I think that seeing revered senior experts on stage is likely to be a big part of July. Mm -hmm. Okay,
1: Spokespeople
2: spokespeople. Yes. Of
0: course, we're, we're saying this as the three of us are currently
1: that's talking right.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. Yes. It's worth noting, though, that Mercury here is in the third decan of Gemini, which is called the Executioner's Sword, which is the idea of wielding administrative power to make things happen. And so I think that that's a big part of Mercury's <laughs> role this month, is getting stuff to happen uh, because they're the experts and they know what's going on.
1: Well, I call that Deccan famous last words. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> Executioner's swords work both ways, That's of course. That's right. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, maybe it's the... We've got Bastille Day. Duck That's month right. And- <laughs> <and> always... <laughs> let's not talk about guillotines. Is there a tarot card for guillotines, Susie? Susie, okay, pull us in. Let's a, see what we a got. Guillotine card.
1: Ah, well, we've got the two of wands, actually. All right, more wands. Yeah, more wands. This is the year oh. of fire, it seems. You know, I—I I mean, the—the the fact that we keep pulling wands does indicate that I think there will be a general.
0: That you're not shuffling very well. <laughs>
1: I think there's going to be a general theme of the whole planet overheating, honestly. You know, I mean, because wands are fiery and we are seeing, um, you know, we've just seen this. We've had the four of wands. We've had the year start with strength, which is fiery. It's Leo. Uh, We had the four of wands. We've had the ace of wands. We've had the nine of wands. And now we have the two of wands. So um, the two of wands is famously aggro. It's the Lord of Dominion. It's looking to conquer. It's um, got all of the energy that we associate with the spring equinox. And so I would expect this to be um, a year for, well, a month, rather, where Seizure is in the news. Now, that could be, you know, literal seizure of territories, for example. That's the sort of thing that could happen. Um, You know, and one thing that I've noticed about this card, which has just sort of arisen for me personally, is that it has to do with calendar systems for some reason, um, because of its association with the spring equinox. Sometimes there's, I would not be surprised if there was some sort of like year ahead type planning going on with this. I don't know why but I'm just throwing it out there so I can be right later. <laughs>
0: okay, that's cool. I I'll, I'll probably be like republishing this episode a lot <laughs> like right before
2: July, <laughs> oh, okay. which yeah. will
0: definitely prompt, you know, listeners
2: to be doing yes. some some course correction. Yes. It's also yeah. worth noting that Jupiter is in the the first decan of Aries, mm. right, which is associated with the yes. two of wands. So yes. there is that sense of authority and leadership taking on the role of reestablishing norms. We've we're setting our two sticks in the ground and we're saying this is ours.
1: That's right. It's also worth noting noting that in the United States, at least, this is this is an, a midterm election year. So you know the campaigns are going to be in full gear. And we'll be all hearing about that
2: uh, gerrymandering. Perhaps. Gerrymandering, very... <laughs> Yes, yeah, so that's actually
1: interesting because of the imagery on the two of wands with the, you know, and the man holding the globe in his hand. You know, there is definitely mm-hmm. <laughs> there could be some packing and cracking going on in there.
0: You know, Susie, you brought up all of this stuff about leaders mm-hmm. and stuff um and so did andrew mm-hmm. with the with with his uh, interpretation of venus so that's going to be uh, july might be a really interesting month for watching the news yes so i would say if you don't have an air conditioner make sure that you invest in an air conditioner sooner
1: rather than later
0: it's going to be warm but also you're going to want to watch like the daily show right. or whatever because it's probably going to be very entertaining
1: well also the the two major arcana associated with the two of wands are the tower and the emperor so you know between the two of them you can imagine enormous amount of you know disruption at the at the highest levels of government
0: yeah tension trying to hold on while everything falls apart all right i have to ring the bell on myself (laughs) now. it's time it's time for august andrew give us the skinny
2: venus is in cancer and she's in the middle decan of Cancer. She's actually in the last degree of that middle decan, which is called the Walled Garden. The, the chart is the Sun in Leo at Leo 1044 uh, on the 2nd of August 2022 at 933 p.m. for our Western Massachusetts location. Venus is in the fifth house in this chart, which is where she takes her joy. So this looks like the queen is taking a month off from responsibilities, sex, drugs, rock and roll, happiness, as long as you have a ticket and some kind of a vaccination document to get in. (laughs) So there's that on, on her front, but we've also got Jupiter in Aquarius still, and now Jupiter is retrograde in that third decan of Aquarius called the Knot from Austin Copic system. So untangling and unraveling messes. Uh, and there are things that we said were going to happen in June and July, and now some of that is being walked back by the fact that Saturn has uh, gone retrograde. Saturn. I think you said is.
1: Jupiter. This would be Saturn. Yeah.
2: Sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is Saturn. <laughs> so maybe we didn't have as clear an idea about what we should do as we thought we should do. As as we did a couple of months ago. Now we've seen this pattern over and over again during COVID, where the experts say, "Oh, you should do this," and then two months later, well, the data suggests that we should do something else. And that's how science works, right? But from the question of designing policy, it's terrible because it makes the government look wishy-washy. And so we've got some more of this going on into August. The uh, the governor of the month. Is Jupiter. And Jupiter is in Aries. And he is just gone retrograde in that first decan, in the Two of Wands decan, which is called the Double Bladed Axe. So he's not only reviewing what he's done, he's also grinding exceedingly fine bits of shavings off of the two of wands <laughs> as fires start. Oh boy.
1: <laughs> I like that.
2: And this is this is happening in uh in the second house, so I think what we might see is banking authorities and securities experts coming in and actually taking a look at banks and in an auditory function and saying, "Hey, are you actually ready for the next kind of uh stress the test regulatory... are you ready for the oh, next <laughs> yeah, like this looks a whole lot like a, a change of regulatory environment
0: well. That sounds annoying but uh that probably means that I personally will have a lot of work in the last mm. half of the year since I end up writing about regulatory stuff a Still lot. Kidding. I mean nobody no no listener wants to hear about my
1: mundane <laughs> job so
0: <laughs> It's
1: your Clark Kent persona.
0: Yeah, my Clark yeah, I don't wear glasses <laughs> when I'm doing Clark Kent. <laughs> it's it's the reverse. Nobody can recognize me. It's bizarre. <laughs> Let's hear All card. right, Susie. Pull us a card.
1: Oh, wow. Look, it's the Nine of Swords.
0: <laughs> oh, great. Uh, okay, let's delete this recording and start over.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we, you have to get it sometime. But, I mean, nobody is ever thrilled to see the Nine of Swords, really. I mean, what can we say? I mean, the Nine of Swords is another one of those... Um, uh, one of those... Tough cookies, and I
0: like to I like to call them shitty cards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you can certainly do that, and no one will stop you. It's your show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, it is a card where fear has a tendency to take the lead um, for better or for worse, and you know, I think that this is a card where um, people's fears can kind of take a reality that is greater than necessary. Um, It's also a card of, you know, that, that speaks to the power of the imagination, not, and, you know, I don't think that these cards that we draw, whether they appear negative or positive have to therefore uh, manifest in a negative or positive way. It could just be that there is, you know, This kind of ideation comes to the foreground. It could even be in some kind of cultural phenomenon, you know, that takes over, um, that's a dystopian show or something like that. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, a living nightmare for all of us, but there is always that possibility. That's true.
2: We do have the moon in the decan that's represented by the nine of swords, mm. which I think is the second decan of Libra. No, no,
1: no, that would be. Uh, it's nine of swords is a second Gemini.
2: Second Gemini. Yeah. What? Have, oh, oh, sorry, mis- un- miscalculated that's there. Okay. Sorry, no big deal. I take it back. It didn't happen.
1: <laughs> but
2: uh, <laughs> when I want
0: to keep up with uh, Susie and which card goes to which decan, I usually just uh, open the book <laughs> up. But.
1: Well, you know what this seems like it could correspond to to me? And because the coronavirus is a respiratory illness, it's an illness of air, and so is this card. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another variant arising, um, because everyone will be like this if that happens. Not a, I mean, a, variants are arising all the time, but one that maybe makes the headlines in the same way that uh, that Omicron and Delta did.
0: Do you think once they get, finished with the greek alphabet they're gonna move i was to
1: wondering about that and i was also thinking you know you what have, like, happened to Saudi epsilon variant? zeta eta theta iota, kappa lambda mu nu and xi? because we never heard about those guys
0: they... <laughs> They were boring ones. They were they they. Uh, but then they they did they did announce that they skipped a bunch of names. Um,
1: right, there are a few that just, just don't work they... well because they're like too short or you know. And they, I heard that they skipped C because it would look like Prime isn't uh, Chinese Premier Xi, which is you know yeah, yeah a degree of deference. Yeah. I'm I, I'm I'm surprised to hear about from the World Health Organization.
0: <laughs> you know, China's got news. Yeah, that's true. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I related to this idea of of sort of a card of concern. We have a Uranus Mars conjunction in Taurus on about July 30th. Uh and those frequently mean sudden upsets, rash decisions or explosions. And this one is occurring oh, in the 3rd house. Uh so wow. Take it cautiously about you know, the twenty-ninth through the first twenty-ninth of July through the first of August. But that could in fact be the, the nervous energy that you're seeing here in the uh in the nine of swords.
1: Yeah. An- another thing that comes to mind with the Nine of Swords is the idea of forced choice. Because, you know, it's Gemini, so there's two sides of the coin noise. But having to decide is like, you know, the whole story of the eight, nine, and ten of swords is the story of killing the twin so you know it's hard sometimes to make that choice and it could be like for example you know this whole the whole sort of your money or your life situation we had with businesses during the pandemic right or um -hmm. you know or you have to uh we might have some kind of mandate where you have to be vaccinated or you have to go through these sort of proofs to stay employed Mm -hmm. you know something like that
2: you Brought up the killing of the twin, and one of the things that I have sort of noticed from a cultural framework is that there has been an enormous cultural upheaval around uh, the characters from the Good Omens T- TV show, Aziraphale and Crowley. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole movement of people who have are in the sort of pagan and pagan-adjacent community who have referred to them as the ineffable husbands. <laughs> and and I,
1: I think like
2: that. I think that they are the resurgent Dioscuri. I think that they're the new representation of the Dioscuri in in sort of modern paganism. And the Dioscuri are the sons of Zeus, Castor and Pollux, and in traditional mythology they they are here to protect humanity from the storms and tumults that the gods whip up for their own entertainment and forget that there are mortals in the way. And that's exactly right. what Aziraphale <laughs> and Crowley do in the TV show is they're protecting humanity from the machinations of heaven and hell. Yeah. So of
0: course, you know, in, in the, in the classics, you know, Theseus kills one of them.
2: Yeah. yeah. With an axe made of many parts that have all been replaced. <laughs> oh, on that on note. That note. <laughs> Did I hear the tinkle of a bell? <laughs> you heard the tinkle of a
0: bell. It is time for September. All right. The, the month that says it's the seventh, but it's actually number nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give us the uh, astral low down there,
2: Mr. Watt. Venus is in the end of Leo. She's about to pass into Virgo where she is in fall. So the queen is about to go into exile. This is not great for the management of the kingdom. uh, And she's going to be trying to connect what doesn't want to be connected. Saturn is still in Aquarius as he will be for at least another six or 10 months, something like that. And uh, retrograde and still in the knot. So, Venus is trying to connect things and Saturn is saying, no, 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 pull those things apart. Don't let those things touch. Got to keep them separated. And hmm. this looks like more, more COVID restrictions, uh, and the prime minister and Venus being at odds with one another. Uh, Jupiter is the monthly governor. We talked about him in the second decan of Aries. So I think that whatever arose, uh, in when we saw Jupiter first there and we drew the two of wands is ongoing, but before it was in the second house. So it was below the horizon. Now it's in the 10th house. It is publicly known. So we may, whatever that two of wands stuff was about is starts out below the horizon, but now it's public information and it's wide open and people are noticing it. Okay. That
0: makes
1: sense.
0: All right, Susie. Got a got a card for us? Maybe something <laughs> that isn't a sword or a wand. Uh,
1: it's the chariot. As a matter of fact,
2: so oh, oh, that's right. a change okay. of pace, okay. right?
1: So the chariot is watery. First of all, so that's something. Um, any disasters that happen this month will be flood related.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh, great! How exciting! How exciting. <laughs>
1: um, you know, hurricane, storm surge, flood-related type stuff in September, which is very normal. I, I'm sorry to sound so cheery about it, but that, that does track. Um, so the, the chariot is definitely a card of things kind of racing ahead, literally. Um, we, we may see some kind of um, reason that transportation is in the news, whether that means that international travel is either being released or restricted. It could be either, you know, but it's likely to be in the news. It could also be because the chariot has to do with um you know it both liquid and in some versions the holy grail which carries the the blood of the savior it could have something to do with the coronavirus story and what's happening with um you know with vaccination uh with with that which you inject into the bloodstream so I don't know whether that's going to be another round of boosters or something, but that would make sense given what we saw in the last month.
0: Do you think, is it going to be a good month for camping? Oh. Like, How are the forest fires going to be out west? <laughs> Can you guys tell at all? Well, I would say, here?
1: you know, rain is actually a good thing if you're concerned about forest fires, you know. Oh, you know. Absolutely. So, yes, So I yes. think the story is going to be more about water than fire, which, you know, might be good for your camping vibe.
0: Oh, I'm excited about that. That makes me happy. I was sort of thinking about it in the last month. I was like, well, should I ask about camping? Like, Can I go camping in August? Is, maybe is we should draw
1: you smoky? a separate card for camping. Yes, Eric's camping card. Uh, maybe,
0: <laughs> maybe I'm going to use that big Astro 22 uh, <laughs> to, uh, code to get some readings about camping. <laughs> find out when's the good time right. for camping.
1: Right, yeah. Yes.
0: Are we ready to move into spooky yeah, season? Yeah, let's.
2: We are. Okay, let's go. October. And for October, Venus, uh, the chart is for the 3rd of October, 2022, 7.28 p.m. This is the sun at 10 degrees Libra, 44 minutes. And for this chart, it's really, I think, quite lovely because Venus is now in Libra and in a position to make her conjunction with the sun. So this is great. She's going to chase the sun all the way through october and i think it's on october 28th she actually has her conjunction with the sun at 29 degrees libra 24 Ah, which is sort of like filling in the last bubble on the exam just as the (laughs) proctor tings the bell and says please shut your test booklets
1: (laughs) i love that
2: So That's good, isn't it? It's it's fantastic. If this conjunction occurred in Scorpio, it would mean that the queen was in fall, but it does happen in Libra, even though it's in the last degree. And so I think that this is overall favorable, and this suggests the ending of some of the strikes that might have started earlier in the year with some very favorable conditions for unions, for pay raises, for resolving issues like fairness and health care, that sort of thing. But it will come at the cost of some price increases that are likely to fall heavily on coastal U.S. residents, particularly East Coast residents. Oh, wow. I won't go into the details of why I think that's true, but that's where I think that's going.
1: Sucks for us, but it's really interesting.
2: It sucks for us and, and really interesting yeah. and kind of useful. Saturn is both our monthly governor and prime minister, and he's in the house of career, government actions, reputation, and higher order leadership. But he's square Uranus down in Taurus, so there's this sense of imposing structure on on unruly or renegade forces uh, with some forcefulness. So... There may be some of those strikes or protests over the course of the summer that get put down, and Saturn is putting the kibosh on some of those forces by October. We have our third solar eclipse uh, on October twenty-fifth of this month. There's a there are squares
0: between Mars and Mercury and Mars and Neptune in your notes. Ah, uh, yes, That's important.
2: A Mars Neptune, or sorry, a Hang on, why don't you have Susie draw my card, draw the card and I'm going to look at my notes and figure out what the heck okay. I got here. Susie, give us the <laughs> okay, great card.
1: so this is the card we are talking about for uh, October, and it is the Queen of Swords, which actually echoes quite nicely what Andrew was saying in terms of you know, fairness, justice. It is uh, a card of Libra primarily, um as well as having uh, one one Deccan of Virgo. Uh, the last decan of virgo but um but there is a definitely a b- no bullshit quality about it and one thing i noticed from last year about court cards arising um during these monthly draws is that somebody might rise to prominence who has a queen of swords energy like uh last year there was queen of wands um during the uh july and that was the month that st- The conversation was all about Simone Biles, as I recall. There was a lot of conversation about Simone Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we may see another female figure rise to prominence during this period. um, And somebody who is perhaps trying to uh, crusade for justice for her own reasons.
2: I've read my notes, and I think I figured out what's going on. We've got Mars in Gemini at... 21 degrees we have mercury in virgo at 24 degrees we have uh neptune at 23 degrees of pisces and that means that there is a hole in the square at about 23 degrees of uh sagittarius mm-hmm. which in this chart happens to be in the 8th house so it is going to be very difficult to figure out exactly what the truth is about some event but this looks a whole lot like Mars trying to impose something by force, and being shut down, in part by disobedience and in part by the experts coming out and saying, "No, no, this is a terrible idea," and a three-way struggle for power in which who's right and who's wrong is going to be very difficult to determine. Mm-hmm.
0: That sounds like it could uh, interact quite interestingly. With yes, the Queen of Sword's absolutely,
1: card. because the as we know. The um, Queen of Swords barometer for BS is extremely sensitive. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: So basically, October might be another one of those months where it's going to be really
2: fun to watch the news. Yeah. Yeah. And the other part of that Mercury and Virgo energy is that it's got a really strong trine up to Pluto. So we might see effort. Fifth House stuff has to do with entertainments, like movies and tv shows and intellectual think pieces or puff pieces yeah and it's going to be in it's going to be in mercury in virgo for the whole of october so we're likely to see a whole lot of wrestling with underworld themes and we might get some really good new horror movies out Mm -hmm. of it but we might also get some good think pieces that are helping us cope with issues like colonialism or the ancestors or the death and sickness that we've experienced for the last three years. There's going to be some coming to terms with that at last, and I think that that might be really valuable.
1: That's really interesting. Oh, okay. The um, It's especially so because this Queen of Swords, those decans that I mentioned, her decans that she governs are well-occupied, as you were saying, by the Mercury in the final decan and then the um, the the Venus and Sun in the in the first two decans of libra so you know i would expect that to whatever those issues are that she is concerned with probably justice at some level uh or you know the writing of the balances to be widely communicated you know across the public sphere and and i do remember that some years ago that during this time of year um i was seeing a lot of queen of swords there was also some astrological placements and this was during the hearings for Christine Blasey Ford, which, you know, was very much a Queen of Swords figure. And I don't remember the Mercury placement at the time, but you can see how that might play into those those energies.
2: That's great. Yeah,
0: that is great. We're making really good time uh, this, this second half of the year, I think primarily because uh, we might be in our groove. I'm not <laughs> sure how this works. <laughs> but uh, I do want you guys to remember that, like, we're coming up on the month of my... Uh, solar oh, return. Yeah. So hopefully, I haven't looked at I haven't looked at <laughs> November yet. I'm just hoping that I'm going to flip this page and it's going to be all good news. Like it's going to be all about uh, Eric gets to have a great party. Birthdays <laughs> are cool this month. That sort of thing. So I, so
2: I shouldn't mention the fact that we have an eclipse <laughs> on election day in the United oh, States. Great. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh God, everything's going to fall
0: apart. <laughs> Okay, on into November. Ooh, that is an eclipse. That's
2: all right. Yeah, it is an eclipse and on the one hand, uh the eclipse is happening in Taurus, mm-hmm. not entirely on top of the Uranus placement at 17 degrees, but uh 13 it's it's within 4 degrees depending on how widely you cast your orbs. This could be really rough. Uranus likes to say surprise, so
1: I
0: I
2: think this looks. Uranus likes to say surprise.
0: (laughs) What are we? Twelve?
1: Yes, yes, we are.
2: So this is a lunar eclipse, and it's more or less centered on Hawaii, but because of its of its latitude it's pretty much visible at, in, in part or in whole from the eastern United States all the way to western China. Wow. Uh, it's, it, it's one of the larger ones, and it is visible over a vast swath of the Earth, Alaska in the north all the way down to New Zealand. So pretty much anywhere in the world in the western hemisphere is going to be able to see this, and even some parts of the eastern hemisphere. The eclipse is happening while... Venus, the Sun, and Mercury are all in Scorpio. And Venus, of course, is our queen of the year, and she's in, she's in detriment in, in Scorpio. I like to think of Venus and Scorpio in people's charts as the woman in the red dress and high heels in the men's locker room, <laughs> right? She has, to have, she has to put on some kind of an attitude in order to be in that space, Right. Mm -hmm. She has to say, Oh, it's honey, it's nothing I've, I haven't seen before, (laughs) or I, I just couldn't wait to get in here and take, put my eyes on you, or, you know, more than that. But one way or another, she has to put on bravado or timidity. She has to cop an attitude in that environment. So the sovereign here is in a place where she's not really supposed to be and has to brave it out in some fashion. And, The eclipse is happening directly opposite her, and the result is, I think, that something of the normal order gets overthrown. I don't like saying that, but this is looking a whole lot like a November surprise. Mm. At the same time that this is happening, Jupiter has retrograded back into Pisces, but is approaching a second conjunction with Neptune in Pisces and I'm not actually sure if that conjunction goes exact or not, but there's at least the threat that norms and order are somehow overthrown because people just don't care.
1: Ugh. That's grim, Andrew.
2: I'm sorry. Yeah. Saturn is the, uh, is the prime minister, and Saturn is in the seventh house in Aquarius, retrograded back into heaven and earth, so there's this idea of We're going to make utopia, and figuring out the practical ways of doing that, not easy. Venus is our monthly governor, but she's, again, in detriment, and she's opposite the eclipse. So altogether, this is a really uncertain combination here, and and it says that others have considerably more power than we're used to. And the things that we think of as being the normal sources of power are are sort of being overthrown or surprised. So if you think you know the result going into the U.S. election day, you are probably <laughs> wrong.
1: That's usually the case <laughs> these days. Well, I mean, you're definitely,
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we've seen that happen before sure. in uh, recent sure. memory um, in some pretty unpleasant it's ways.
1: Unfortunate.
0: All right. Give us a give us a card, Susie. Shuffle that deck extra
1: well. Uh, I actually let's... did because they they were not. I was not feeling it. I've like tried about twelve different cards before I felt one that sound felt like the right one. So what did I get? Oh great! God, it's the it's five it's the tower, is Oh no. <laughs>
2: Well, at least, like yes, at least two of them are still full. Yes, at least
1: two of them are still full. So 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 yet another um cup we've been seeing a fairly watery um energy going on in the second half of the year. So the the thing about the 5 of cups is that it uh There's an inevitability about that card. That river only runs one way and the same water never passes under that bridge twice. So I do think that there's going to be, I mean, if, if there isn't literally some form of mourning going on, which is entirely possible that, you know, some, some public figure passes in an untimely way and we are all dealing with the, um, with the after effects of that, you know, it could also be a shock of some sort to the world's systems. It could be a financial crash. It could be, um, mm-hmm. it could be, hmm, you know, well, it could also be, you know, if sometimes these cards are just content, you know, and it could just be a a remembrance of all the people we've lost to the pandemic. It also happens to be the first... Deccan of Scorpio, so which is where the eclipse is taking place, right? Or is it uh, in which part of Scorpio is it taking place in? Um, uh, second
2: second decan. decan, I believe. Yeah, right. it's happening in the second okay, decan,
1: right? So it looks like um, right at the beginning of the month we've got Mercury in that first um, decan of Scorpio. So you know, but there's definitely going to be some of that very goth Scorpio energy going on, and. You
0: know wait hold on do I have do I have goth
1: scorpio <laughs>
2: energy <laughs> With with a beard and mustache like that and and that wall of books behind you you need to ask uh-huh. that question <laughs> oh, So the answer is no I have zero <laughs> goth
1: scorpio energy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I mean the the two minors that are uh, the sorry the two majors that are associated with um with this card are uh are the tower and death so that kind of gives you a sense of the flavor <laughs> of what's going on so here. i was
0: close i was close and i was like oh not the tower yes, the tower. yes. I, I, it, I sometimes it was call this the halfway. little tower <laughs> i like to call it the dracula it is a very card.
1: much a dracula card or maybe a vampire card or you know there's something about it that's yeah, very yeah. Very much like that, the 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 rising of the undead. I saw this card. Um...
2: The Transylvanian <laughs> Red Cross Society would like to ask you for a donation of blood. <laughs> I do think,
1: you know, I do think that there is there is something having to do with the themes of the election. It has come up during election U.S. election stuff. Um, in the past, it was the card of Trump losing, but it was also a card that came up during the Trump-Clinton election, as I recall. And the thing is that you can't say with elections that even if the Five of Cups you know, shows up, not everybody is going to be sad, right? Because it's the nature of elections that somebody wins, so their supporters are going to be pleased about it.
0: Yeah, one, one would hope. I mean, I feel like sometimes we just get relieved when somebody loses, but it doesn't necessarily make people happy. They're just sort of what like, "Oh relief. my god, thank yeah. goodness that other person didn't." Yeah, win.
1: I mean, could be worse. But, you know, it is
0: could be worse. It
1: is a um a a, a terribly sobering card and uh again, again mm-hmm. because it's 5 of cups, I would ex- expect to see news about water as well, you know, whether it's s- probably in the form of storms at that time of year.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm kind of happy about the uh, the news of water cards yeah, that we've been getting. You know, yeah. um, most of the Western United States, in particular, has been dealing with some really, really brutal That's drought. Right. And right. uh, you know, uh, even a even a flood. Uh, at least there's water right? around.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Any other good news you want to give me for my birthday month? <laughs>
1: Well, no. Even if, you spill, <laughs> okay. if you spill three pints of beer, you'll still have two left over.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. All right. That that th- thank you, Susie. That is a good way to look at all of this news. <laughs> We're sorry, Eric. It could be better. <laughs> it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> well, we've been making amazing time, which means that we've got we'll have extra time to talk about December. So let's Let's, uh, it's the home stretch, you guys, the home stretch.
2: 2nd of December, 2022, 5.49 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over a location in Western Massachusetts, uh, sun at 10 Sagittarius 44. We have Venus in Sagittarius, so she's answering to her most kind and generous advisor, uh, but, it's a tr- but it's a square relationship, Right. Jupiter is in Pisces at at twenty eight uh, degrees of Pisces, and Venus is at twenty degrees. So they're coming into a square relationship. This strikes me as productive conflict, right? Jupiter says, "Be generous, be victorious, declare your triumph to the people," and the Queen is like, "Yeah, but uh, I have to, I have to." Do something to that. I have to add my own creative twist to that. And so there's a there's a creative tension between them that I think works out in the favor of working people, retail folks, rank and file in the military, because all of this is happening in the sixth house. So I think that Jupiter is like, ah, oh, you have to be kind to to students. And Venus is saying, yeah, but working class people need something too. So I think that there's going to be some kind of last-ditch effort to make the current Congress deliver on some of the promises that helped them win the election in 2020, Mm. and and that Mm. those are going to benefit students on the one hand, or at least I hope they do, and working-class people on the other. Saturn is our prime minister for the last month of the year as well, uh, and Jupiter is the monthly governor. So uh I think that that Neptune conjunction that he's just come out of is going to have that relationship with Venus to to have that argumentative square but I think that Saturn in the 8th house of death is saying uh nature bats last don't count me out mm. and Saturn hmm. has wound up ruling quite a lot of months as the monthly governor, and the pattern for COVID has been that roughly every two months there's sort of a resurgence somewhere in the world. It wouldn't surprise me that there are some very favorable conditions among newly opened stores for, you know, for COVID to have a spread right before Christmas. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm such a pessimist. Such a pessimist this year. I'm sorry. Mm.
0: I feel like uh we got we got spanked yeah. so hard uh after after our first um forecast that like you know we're just we're just hedging our bets. We're being pessimistic because,
2: because the world is telling us to hedge it our is. bets. <laughs> right. And and the truth of it is that that we don't wanna tell you that everything is gonna be fine and hunky dory if we're concerned and Three years have taught us to be more and more and more cautious every year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: At this point, would we know a good year when it bit us?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We would only know a good year in retrospect. It'd be like, man, that was so much better than this
1: year.
0: (laughs) Uh, But I mean, honestly, like, I mean, is, well, I, I, this is a question that I will ask after we're after mm-hmm. we are done with um, whatever disastrous card Susan's about to pull. <laughs> yeah, I know. So we've got.
1: I had the five of cups. I had the nine of swords before that. Yeah, it's got to be better, right? right? Oh
0: it, no, there are some bad ones still
2: in it, there. If you if you keep insisting on putting the all of the cards back into the deck, it never actually gets That's better. It's right, gotta the same every
1: single time. All right. Oh look, it's the King of Cups. Hey, That's a great I I really like that. That's great. <laughs> I like
0: that card too. That's like Andrew's card, isn't it?
1: Well, it is a jolly card. It is um so this is the the King of Cups is um a card of first and second decan of Pisces and the you know last decan of Aquarius um so there's that and we you know which makes so some sense, I guess. Um, but we I think the uh the Pisces placements are all in the third deck, and so that's not entirely um what we're looking for with this. Anyway, so King of Cups, interesting. Again, because it's a court card, who's gonna rise to prominence? You know, it could probably there's a very good chance it could be an individual, as we saw with the Queen of Wands last year and maybe the Queen of Swords earlier. It could be a public figure who, um, you know, could be a healer of some kind. could be Dr. Fauci. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't he already pretty prominent? He's pretty prominent. It could be somebody, you know, it could have to do with religious or spiritual movements, because that's often the case with King of Cups. Um, Now, we don't know whether there's some kind of leader who's going to arise out of that. but i wouldn't be surprised if we had you know some kind of religious movement that rose up in the in the news and kind of hijacked the public attention for a little bit a little while
2: i'm i'm not entirely sure what to say about that except that the ascendant for the chart of december uh is in the first decan of cancer so mm. we have One of the water decans, or one of the water signs, very active. Mm -hmm. We also have Pisces very active, because in this chart we have have Jupiter and Neptune just slipping out of arrangement of a conjunction, but we also have the midheaven and the lot of fortune Right. right at the very end of the first decan, which is the labyrinth. Do we go further into this problem? Or do we start looking for the exits?
0: I think uh, what we're going to be looking at is the return of the fish King.: school herald The rebirth of King I, Arthur: I was going to
1: say that I wouldn't be surprised if there weren't were um, themes of fish and the ocean and the maritime, you know. Um, unfortunately, it could, be, it could be, you know, the melting of an ice cap, kind of a thing. But:
0: uh, <laughs> Oh my God. The King of Wands could be like a glacier that dies. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. For the King of Cups, yes. Again with the you know, so we've got a lot of fire and a lot of water this year. I think that, you know, this could this could well have to do with you know, or it could well have to do with another climate summit. You know. It could. That's true. You know, because there is an idealism to the King of Cups.
2: Yes. yes and there is also an idealism to Jupiter mm-hmm. and there's an idealism to Neptune mm-hmm. but Neptune is the visible or sorry Neptune is the invisible ruler and Jupiter is the visible ruler so there in this chart for the second of December the the lunar return chart that's taking place in the ninth house which is about a cult mo- uh, a cult organizations but also about religion practiced in community. So I like the idea of of some sort of religious leader obtaining some level of prominence in December. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody's sermon goes viral could well or be. Yeah. uh or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's also a that square uh which is a separating square between Venus and and Mercury in Sagittarius and Uh, and Jupiter in Pisces. So again, there's that creative tension between Venus and Jupiter, who normally get along really well with one another, but having kind of a creative conflict over should academic institutions and students be prioritized, or should working class people be prioritized? Why not both? Mm -hmm. There's, like, that's, that's a powerful sermon that the the right religious leader might go viral and be raised to national prominence delivering i have to wait 12 months to find out if i'm right <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean you can you can always say hello to future andrew who you know will be listening to this episode to prepare for our 2023 mm. forecast it- that's it true. Would be kind of Hi, Andrew. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it would be kind of interesting to do, you know, a sort of uh, evaluation to see how we did.
2: <laughs> Are we going to turn yeah. this into a three part episode? <laughs> One where we review the previous year and. To where we forecast the next year?
1: Let's not promise. I
0: mean, I feel like if we were going to do that, you could just have one entire podcast that is all about, like, yes. reviewing, you know, yes. doing the forecast and every month reviewing what the heck happened and how close <laughs> we were, uh, you, which would be uh, a very, very interesting experiment, but it is not one that I will be conducting. <laughs> because a, a perfect task quick. for your apprentice. Yes. <laughs> yes. Apprentice, get in here. <laughs>
2: I have this feeling that your apprentice is named something like Otto.
1: <laughs> yes, Otto Man. Something like that.
0: Um, Otto Manic. Well, <laughs> so we've, we've made it through yeah. all the months. We've made it through every single month next year. Uh, hopefully, personally, the three of us also make it through every month month next year i that's it i i
2: think uh we haven't next, we year, in next, <laughs> next year in portland next year portland yeah. yeah that would be great yeah uh, yeah i mean <laughs> we'll have to see if it's portland connecticut or portland portland oregon <laughs> what about portland, portland maine? maine or Why, portland maine is there also a portland in connecticut there is but it's a very tiny town <laughs> not very tiny <laughs> Uh it's across the river from Middletown where I used to oh, live. Oh
1: no kidding. But... Oh I've been, I've
0: been there. I've been to Middletown.
2: Great in coffee house there. I won't I won't endorse them on the air, but great coffee house there.
0: I I was there in uh, like 1999, so I don't think coffee had made it to Middletown yet. But...
1: <laughs> Spoken like a Pacific Northwest uh... coffee snob.
0: <laughs> I gotta take what I can get. You guys are ganging up on me with all your East Coast stuff. <laughs> well, we get
1: to be punchier because it's um, three hours later.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, and which brings me to the next thing. Like, I know it is getting late out on the East Coast. I'm I'm very glad that we were able to yeah. uh, arrange this and you guys showed up to, to do all this. Uh, any thoughts on any like sort of like final? Wrapping it all up, thoughts? I know that in the in the handout, oh, we should probably, we should have talked about the handout in the
2: intro. So I'll do that briefly, and then, okay. and then you can offer criticisms of it. In order to prep for this show, of course, I have to create all of the charts ahead of time because there's not time to go through and, and write uh, or generate the charts in the moment and then just look at them blind. So I write up a, a brief description of each chart, and what i saw at first glance and this will be available to all of susie's patrons and whoever she chooses to send it to it'll be available to eric's crew as well and it's also going to go out to anybody who's on my mailing list and you will be able to look at this live alongside of the episode and and sort of follow along and see what we're seeing in the chart but because Susie is drawing the card live. Mm-hmm. There's a very big difference between you're getting the first read on it and you are also getting my summary or uh, of my take on my pre-prepared notes. And I think that there's a little bit of a disconnect between these two methods. Mm-hmm. One of them is happening live during the episode as we record it and the other one is the result of a couple of weeks of preparation. And so there's a a bit of a differential between what I wind up saying live and my first impression. And I wonder to what degree the prepared notes represent a better take because, it's, because it is the divinatory experience, as opposed to me going through the secondary process of looking at the notes, looking at the chart, and trying to reconstruct the thought days or weeks later. I think there's, a, there's an issue there. I don't know how to um, resolve it.
0: I'm not sure that it is something that needs to be resolved. You know I mean? One of the things that, uh, one of the differences between like divination through astrology and divination through tarot is that tarot is very much a uh, fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's good. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It is very much a fly by the seat of your pants. You pull out, you, you, you know, you reveal symbol sets that you, that the diviner might be very, very familiar with, but interpretation has to happen there. And intuition comes into it a lot more. So one of the things that I really enjoy about this is it forces both of you to take the other method of divination, mm-hmm. you know, the the calculated method of divination or the intuitive method of divination, you know, and, right. and merge them. So the handout is very, very useful. But it's the sort of thing where, like, when you listen to the episodes, you should have a you should have a pen or pencil. Um, or lighter ready so that you can take notes or burn the notes.
2: <laughs> that's that's an excellent point. But I certainly hope that the handout will be helpful. But I think that it's also probably worthwhile to have a Rider weight or yeah. some other tarot deck close at hand that is already in something resembling the the quote-unquote original order of the cards so that you can pull them out and look at them as we're talking about
1: Or you can just look them up online on your phone if that's easier.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) There's something tactile about the cards. That's for sure. Astrology is a whole lot less tactile. I spend some time every day going outside and looking at the actual sky But I spend a lot of time looking at charts <laughs> on a computer screen. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And well, you know, this time of year, nobody in the Pacific Northwest gets to actually mm,
1: see the sky. Mm, so. Yeah. It's a figment of your imagination. There is no sky, Eric. <laughs>
2: oh. It's,
0: uh, it's gray. It's just gray, right? Oh, there, you go see there
2: it. is one <laughs> thing that we can talk about. Will this episode come out before about the 18th or 19th of December? No, it'll come out the week okay. after Christmas. Okay. Yeah.
0: What, what were you going to talk about? Well,
2: I was going to talk about something that is a, a particular part of my practice, which is that uh, when the sun is in the third decan of Gemini, it's on the shoulders of the constellation Orion, as though Orion were wearing a head. Oh, cool. And the same oh. thing happens when the sun is in Sagittarius, Uh, this year it's about the 18th or 19th of December, or it was the 18th or 19th. You're listening to this episode after Christmas. Sorry, folks, you missed it.
0: You can plan ahead for next year. You can plan
2: ahead for next year, but the sun being in Sagittarius means that the full moon is usually at or near the constellation of Orion. Now, I happen to be in western Massachusetts. We have a lot of muddy skies this time of year, and I noticed this happening, that this would happen, I think, in 2012 or 2013, and it has been cloudy every single time that I have oh. been outside since then. <laughs> so I have, I have not actually physically seen it happen, but I know that it does happen, and I hope that somebody out there will say, oh, I saw that. That was really cool. Thanks for pointing it out. That is really cool. That would be cool. pretty cool.
0: Both of you, thank you again so much. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a delight. I look forward to this every year. Oh, and, it's, um, it's
1: such fun. Andrew, thank you for doing <laughs> Yeah,
2: It's enormous it fun. Is, I love is. spending time with you both.
1: Likewise.
0: The, uh, the feedback that I always get about these episodes is that the three of us have excellent chemistry when we talk together. Which I think is probably uh, solely due to how much talking you guys do and how little talking oh, yeah. I do during these
2: episodes. But we need you. Um, we need you to ring the bell we do. and set oh. and literally set the tone. You do
1: set the tone. You love it in the mood. I do what I can.
2: Um, That's why so his baking is can... so much better. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: Uh, all right. Well, you guys can find T. Susan Chang at t.susanchang.com and Andrew B. Watt at andrewb.watt.com, <laughs> and I am Reverend Derek, and I'm at arnamancy.com. Um. I hope that you are all uh, stocking up on toilet paper and canned tuna and uh, and rice for uh, 2022 because it sounds like it's going to be a tiny bit of a roller coaster ride. A tiny roller coaster um,
1: ride. I think that might be an oxymoron. Just
0: yeah. Uh, my podcast is about to go on a one month break as I get ready for my next project, which is the uh, the Agrippa three books of occult philosophy fantastic. deep dive. So fantastic! Yeah, so get ready for that, everybody. It's going to be pretty weird, and um, hopefully, it'll be weird enough that it distracts all of us from uh, whatever happens in 2022. So, thank you and good night. Good night. This has been another episode of the Arnomancy podcast. Thank you for joining me. I have been your host, Reverend Eric. You can find Arnamancy online at arnamancy.com and you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting the Arnamancy Project for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash arnamancy.